Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light and want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Zulkin Count is called White Magnetic Dog, and it is the first day of the White Dog Wave Spell. It's a self-existing moon, day 18. So we've entered the third week in the West. This moon is moving pretty quickly. So, you know... Um, what form will your service take is making itself apparent. Apparently, one of the forms of service that I'm not going to be taking is as much podcasting. And I've said that before. I just go in and out of having the energy. I'm very much driven to being of service, but there are other ways that take over. And I am such a... Uh, non-conformist to a fault that the fact that there's 2.9 million podcasts on the planet just really deters me from wanting to. However, uh, I was suppose it's helpful. I wonder how many Zolkin podcasts there are now. I don't know. I don't search it. But if you searched it and arrived, just know I have so much experience um, orally taking us through astrology. I have been doing this for 23 years. I follow the Zulkin and the 13 moon calendar and the 13 year cycle religiously. I live extremely by the sort of dogma outlined here and I do my best to share it and uh, I know that some people um, can grow impatient and leave because I can't be sort of automated and regulated and how often these podcasts come up right now but thank you if it works in your lifestyle Uh, I'm back probably because it is a white dog I took a couple weeks off I um, lost a baby, and I'm not going into the details of that because it was amply covered last time I recorded on the day it happened, which was White Lunar Mirror, and just two on the nose for this lady. White Lunar Mirror, identifying the challenge of sacrifice and the tradition of uh, Mayan human sacrifice, and that happened on that day, and that was powerful and undeniable and just arduous so coming back on white magnetic dog is because 
one of the postures of white dog is in abeyance to, you know, kind of an overlord. Like we see the heart of a mammalian devotional love attitude is not only romantic, but also um, a way of prostrating oneself to a God force. So in White Dog, we might feel puppy love, we might fall in love, but we might feel ourselves strongly as disciples of some force. And, you know, that's how I feel around the calendar, that it is a center point and reference point in everything that I do. So I guess I wanted to come back and be that, be that person who adulates the calendar cycles. And yeah, I probably love you who's listening. I may know you, (laughs) but I, I feel a lot of love if you care also. I think we are a consortium of people who care about the Mayan cycles and I want to rejoin that when I can. So, um, I guess just to rewind and start over, we are in the part of the Zolkin where things get a lot easier, uh, actually. We moved through a really heavy portion where we are uh, apt to be ego-shattered because uh, the wave spells just line up to be really different than modern life. But as we are over in this part of the calendar, uh, really from Blue Monkey, which was, I guess, three wave spells ago, we had Blue Monkey, and then Yellow Seed, and then we just completed Red Earth, and now White Dog. Like, there's just a lot of... um, there, there is a recognition of things like play in our culture. There's a recognition of sex and plant life in our culture. It's not like, what? I don't want to think about plants. Uh, Red Earth is a place where, you know, it just as much means the earth that we stand on is how we colonized it. You know, a lot of the red earth impulse is radiating ourselves out all over the globe or acting like we're little earths who can go on long trajectories. And we really are travelers in the red earth time. And I think that uh, that's just built into our society that we can conquer by air and See, we can just go wherever we want, whenever we want, in machines, and uh, that isn't alien. And and white dog is an alien because we're so fixated and focused on love, and we should be. We are mammals. We are white dog. We're vertical. White dog represents sort of the mammalian force that's four-legged. Yellow human has its own day in the calendar, so it's differentiated, but. Nonetheless, a lot of us are really um, rooted in our mammalian natures. Like if we're not good at being human, I'm not really good at it. I'm not really good at um, navigating my own free will urges and I resist other people exerting the will over me. So I like to be around dogs. I have four. I like being dog-like by being around them where 
you lead with your heart and you know there is all that like I am so happy to see you like my entire life I've been someone who crushes out I've been a little fangirl I have all of these teenage or preteen feelings for things that I love and people I love and strangers and musicians you know like just like it doesn't have to be someone in my midst for me to feel this burst of heart radiance and so I've always been dog-like it's sort of an immature form of being human where you don't get all up in your head Uh, although I have that too but kind of the pre-human stages of being a mammal include white dog and blue monkey and white dog is even less cerebral and cunning than uh, blue monkey in this sort of developmental arc we do in the Zolkin days white dog is just like I just love I just love I just love I just love my tail's wagging so it's a really special time to let that feeling flow into you and absorb you and be focal. Um, I am in love, so that's awesome. I don't have to kind of extrapolate, like, well, it's a white dog time, and I'm not in love with anyone, but I feel in love with God, and I love my dogs. All that is also true, fortunately, because it's a good love that I'm in. It's not an overwhelming one where I'm seasick and swooning and it's not a um, kind of relationship that also includes pain as far as I can tell so it fits really well in the white dog schema but I could feel the intensity of my devotion Uh, start yesterday on red cosmic moon the bridge day between wave spells the cosmic day I'm like oh I don't really feel a white dog coming I guess that's weird I don't know I guess I'll hang out with my dogs like I don't feel like I'm in a devotional love place regarding this man but guess what it like crept into the late evening and insomnia took over and all I could think and feel was wow I really love I really love so I'm kind of happy about this because the white dog way spell can also be a time where we just attend to our heart you know it's about heart connection it says heart in the description that Jose Arguelles bequeathed us love heart loyalty so we're exploring how healthy our heart is how whole it is if it's fractured if it's um feels you know like i'm disconnected i don't know what to love who to love where to love like we're gonna have to find that out in this wave spell we're going to be examining our heart and seeing where it is in terms of well-being and yeah I don't really want any more pain (laughs) so uh doesn't matter though that's part of why I stayed off the old uh microphone is because sometimes just going through the pain that we're served is all we can do that's you know the phrase is like I have nothing left to give I have to try to attend to 
my own rupture. And um, I'm hoping, I'm not projecting, but it's kind of logical to me that having really been through a white mirror experience recently, having kind of my heart gutted and cut out and going through a death, um, I mean, not a severe caustic death, but just examining death, an actual life extinguished, you know, that does a lot of stretching and intensifying of our heart structure. So it's possible that if you've lately been going through a lot, that this white dog time isn't going to be some heavy, like, hey, guess what? You're fucked up. You know, like you have to heal because you didn't know how broken your heart was, but it is by life, by society. It doesn't have to be a person. I mean, it is absolutely heartbreaking what's happening sociopolitically in the United States. That extends out into the world. What's happening in the in Ukraine is just, it's so horrifying, I can't even read about it because we're just blunted and it's, and it's sort of never ending and it's over intensified by the yellow human influence of Vladimir Putin, uh, meaning he's just being a little willful bitch. You know, he's being the worst of the yellow human characteristics. It's like, I want it. I'm going to do what I want. I don't care. I'm right. And so like that whole part of the world and the chaos and how it impacts everyone and how everyone then becomes little bitches complaining about cost of gas and inflation just like it's all so unseemly right now I don't even know where that tangent began but like that's real and that's happening and so we can be fractured in our hearts by that as well it doesn't have to be a human being that broke our heart we can just be brokenhearted about the human condition so we could enter this white dog time and maybe just start to feel refusing. That's a funny kind of play on words, but fusing again our breakage. You know, it is such a luminous thing. I live with four dogs. I know how loving they are. I find it remarkable. I am fascinated. Uh, I my life has changed because I entered this odyssey some years back, like almost five. And I would just report that um, there's a lot of resilience that we can learn from the white dog time. Our resilient hearts, you know, they don't have bone structures. They they can um, absorb a lot of tension and release it and. That's sort of what they do all day long. <sighs> I'd like to try to fit that into the self-existing moon. And I do want to do a little reflection backward. Um, you know, it's been really hard for me to make sense of why my red earth wave spell was so um, challenging. There was a whole other issue that I won't get into that came up in that time and you know, I have a red earth father. I have a really significant red earth ex-husband who's the father of my kids. And I just felt like this entire 13 days that we went through for me, who has really poignant, I mean, disruptions or trauma with each of these figureheads, 
you know, to know the father of my daughters as well as my own father know they're the same is to watch a lot of generational patterns repeat in my daughters and, you know, and what I went through, they went through with the same kind of astrological out, outline. And so there wasn't really any way apparently to get through the wave spell without some heavy disappointments and and then learning that the healing at the same time comes from like just say you have parental discomfort or negative influences you know trauma is just an oversaturated word in our culture now but it fits so if you have trauma from your parent and then you travel through 13 days of their energy you will find that the ambience you're experiencing replicates um, patterns from that relationship and you will feel the discomfort that's my guess but you also learn you know the ways you've healed from the discomfort I have a completely uh, heart opened and meaningful relationship with my 80 year old dad like he went through some kind of life change I went through a life change we don't have animosity he's totally emotionally available it's all good. So, you know, I also had that in the red earth time. I had these ruptures that reminded me of old aches, but I mean, I'm surrounded by support and love. You know, like my brain is broken from my upbringing and how critical my father was of me and everything around us. He was a critical person. I have that imprint in my brain. I don't feel like I'm good enough. It's just sealed in there. But during a wave spell, that's all about um, kind of like memory triggers that I'm not even conscious of. You know, I, I do the work where I'm all finally by the end of it, just like, I mean, could that be a lie? Could it be a lie that I'm not good enough? Could my brain have recorded information that is both outdated and wasn't originally even about me yeah maybe so and I wrote down the lies that I was hearing in my head and then I wrote like what I suspected the truth to be and again the red earth wave spell is about an evolution and in this time a lot of things stopped uh, a couple of things stopped like doors closed and it didn't feel like I was smoothly sailing over the planet on some cool road trip, which is a lot of what Red Earth offers. Felt like uh, the roads were jammed or, you know, they'd been destroyed by some kind of um, strife, you know, warfare. It's a war zone. You can't go there. You have to stay in the war zone. You can't get out. And, and yet, you know, I recognize that evolutionarily as the red earth wave spell offers us it offers us an experience of evolution you know I just have a lot of support and love in my life so that feels really different than when I was very young or when I was married um, I don't know where the relevance is for you there I just feel like I can't really start the white dog wave spell with my whole heart available for reflection without saying that what just happened over the last 13 days um, felt like being uh, undeniably in a life on earth 
the red earth wave spell for me was a reflection of where we are on earth as humans mostly i wasn't doing a deep dive into climate change i was doing a deep dive into like fuck it's it's a real mess it's a real mess there is so much overt unleashed hostility i felt it in me and you know i feel it in the incidentals and i feel it in the big picture so yeah we need white dog to just have some innocence back to the self-existing moon just you know a reminder we're like day three or four in midweek of this week in the west I don't know what the churning is. I don't know what the transformation is. I don't know where the emotional conflict is. I know that all those things exist in the third week in the West. I feel like that's a pretty reliable item. We're bearing down into a full moon, which could kind of be the last burst of this third week in the West and really get some of the more intense kind of bodily fluids pushed to extremes feelings pushed to extremes you can watch all that unfold in the night sky we have so much more darkness at least where i live to observe the night sky um if we're just feeling into the question of like well what form will my service take and now it's all going to be clarified because that's what happens in the west is that we have transformational experiences that push us into awakening and manifestation. So let me just recapitulate that. You know, If we're looking at east, north, west, south, rotational growth, which happens every day because today is a white day, it's in the north, tomorrow is a blue day, it's in the west, etc. It happens every wave spell is colored, it happens every year we're in a red moon year it is in the east and then of course it happens within the moons that we travel through the 28 day moons or months that make up our 13 moon year have seven days in each of the four directions it's the least obvious one because we're not colored you know like well you have to be told by me who's pretty fixated on it that we're in the blue week the week within the moon that's blue in the west i always spend more time on this third week in the west is because i think that's when you need the support to remind it that things are accelerated and amplified everything's bigger it's the entrance into the night sky and think about how much different it is to move through the world when you can't see you know that limitation forces you to feel your way through and that's really what the week in the West is about. Like, okay, you don't have the same clarity. You're not on fire like the first week in the East where everything's an idea bursting into your mind, a flame, a new flame of realization. And you don't have this kind of aerated purification happening in the North where you're giving things up to the gods that live there and, you know, taking in their cosmic expansiveness like everything gets really sort of still and spacious and then come back to earth the watery parts of ourselves like we are earthen bodies but we're not little bricks we're not little boulders we are super fluid 
you know, we're desiccated as skeletons because we're, you know, plush and lush with water, that element. And that's what's happening in the West is that we're celebrating the element water and what makes our humanity so, um, yeah, emotional. It has the word motion within it. You know, we're in motion, we're in flux. Uh, we're responding to gravitational force. We are, you know, different temperatures in our body moving around the same way water like evaporates when it's hot and it uh, pressurizes and falls down, you know, when it's a, a rainstorm. Like our whole body and psyche carries all the same meteorological events. And when we're in the third week in the West, that's the focus the meteorology of a fluid waterborne human experience and it's not bad I just think it ends up getting really real I think as I've walked through the world as a person born in the west the blue storm that I am it's really comfortable for me um, it's probably why I talk about it maybe it's what I have to teach um but, you know, I don't know what to make of other parts of living, particularly kind of the yellow south that I hardly ever then, you know, point out that we then get to the element earth. And earth represents like, oh, this table that I'm touching. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, humans can make it, but from the elements that already exist around us organically, and organically seems to have something to do with like earthborn. You know, it's it's on this planet. We're on this planet, but this planet has a whole bunch of things that aren't human, and there are resources. And when we really work hard with ideas and influence of God and the emotional tenacity that gets us like jazzed, uh, passionate, we uh, create something that exists on earth. Like it, it, it's nameable and you can give it away and you can uh, utilize it and return to it. You know, I'm, I'm an artist type. So a lot of the emotional processing ends up in something I can hold. And the thing that I'm holding feels super organic because it came out of the process of ideas and influence from God and emotional journeys and here here's this piece that kind of is the culmination of all of that and really like that's what a tree is and that's uh I mean isn't a tree the safest thing like <laughs> nothing there's nothing bad about a tree so you know the, the point being that manifestation in the South for each of us next week is seeing something come from our process that's as sacred as a tree, you know? It's not a pile of money. The manifestation week, you know, it might have money. Money is from paper. Paper comes from trees. But it's not like a, a show-off kind of manifestation. Like, look what I did. Look what I got. It's more like, wow, I, I went through all these other elements and I ended up with something earthen that is the result of my tenacity and aliveness. Just being alive on the planet incarnated, I believe, that's why I follow this calendar, is all about these repeated cycles.
And, you know, that's kind of maybe where I would want to kind of wind to a close today. It's just like, here's the deal. Cycles really help me. I mean, I'm female. You'd be like, yeah, she's had her cycle. She has had her womanhood, her cycle. Well, it just so happened that it started super late and it was pretty erratic. And um, so this whole like natural organic thing instilled in my body had some pathos. But at like 30 years old, I started looking at the Zolkin calendar and uh, I saw like, wow, this is all regulating. You know, it's just one, I was really into the four days, red, white, blue, yellow in the beginning. I saw that first and now I hardly ever see it. People hardly ever talk about it, that we move through the medicine wheel over four days. But uh, I saw that first and it was sort of the one day at a time beginning. And I saw, of course, the archetypes of the Zolkin tribes as we move through each day. And all of that, you know, when I got to maybe day 20, my first time and saw that we were back at wherever I had begun, I started to be excited about it. You know, I loved board games when I was young. I think I was always looking for stability that was circular. I grew up in the 70s. I grew up in a uh, two homes around divorce with really superficially different parent types. My mom was super irresponsible as well. So like I was always trying to get myself into like a nine to five job or any tether that looked like repetition. Like this is when we would eat breakfast every morning as a family. This is when my mom would greet me at the door when I come home from school. Things that just never happen, but um, I had a hunger for it. And so that's what I really feel we can um, achieve here uh, following these calendars is equilibrium. I'm Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in Mayan we say, in La Keshe.